Jargon and Hubs with the 1220 Snubs, the podcast that only the informed Power Alley listeners choose. Worst we've ever seen. You're kidding me. No. Worst as in? In the history of numbers. Yeah, that's lower than I thought. Hello, welcome to another edition of Jargon and Hubs and the 1220 Snubs. I'm Jimmy Johnson alongside my partner, Eric Carlson, Hubs PhD. How you doing, bud? I'm doing well. It's good to see you again. Good to see you too. I, I had a nice beach vacation. Got a nice little rest in there. Didn't have to listen to Power Alley for a full week. It was refreshing. And uh, <laughs> then I got back and back to the real world and work and listening to Power Alley. That sounds pretty good. I'm up on vacation uh, coming up here next week. So uh, I'm not getting Oceanside, but I will be by a lake. So I'm pretty happy. I also have a special guest here right now. You can hear her shuffling in the background. Lily's birthday is today. So instead of sending her to bed, I said, why don't you hang out for the podcast? Look at that coming through on that promise. Lily, you want to say hi to everyone? And the sound of silence. She gets really shy in front of a mic now, of course. So <laughs> let's not be shy about this and get on to topic number five. five. There's five, sir. That's five. Yes, sir. Number five. Number five. Lots Maverick on alert five. Coming in at number five this week is the Little League Classic. I didn't get to catch the whole game on ESPN last night, but I, I did enjoy it. I, I enjoyed the bits and pieces that I saw. I love the interactions with Anthony Rizzo and Javi Baez and the kids, even you, Darvish. There were some really cool interactions there. Uh, Rizzo gave his home run ball away. I it just I love this, and yet somehow I still hear negative things about this game, about how we shouldn't be leaving our major league stadiums and going and playing places like this. I, I think there's no better place to play than Williamsport and take the game to the kids. I totally agree. And I mean, if, if major league baseball is going to, you know, sell games in London and in other places around the world, uh, why not start at home? Why not start with kids that eventually become, you know, big leaguers? I'd be interested to see how many, uh, Major League Baseball players have actually been through the Little League World Series. I know we've got some champions and and that. I know uh, Todd Fraser talks about it coming from Tom's River, New Jersey and all that kind of stuff. So I know there's lots of them. So why not start there? The kids all seem to be super excited. It's, you know, it's a nice park. It's one game. What's the big deal? I think it's good for the sport. I think it's fun for the fans. I think it's another added bonus for those kids that are at the Little League World Series participating. Uh, it's a nice little break and an opportunity to connect with you know some big leaguers and maybe some of their favorite players. The other thing, you mentioned only one day. I wish it was two days. And this goes back to a conversation we had a couple snub podcasts ago before the uh, Boston-New York Series in uh, in London where – why can't we just get 15 designated sites and have two game series all over the place? We get our Japan series done. We get our London series done. We do one in Williamsport. We do one in Fort Bragg. We do all these really cool places. Heck, they're doing the Field of Dreams one, and uh, I guess it's next year or the year years coming up. Let's find all these really cool places. Send send the games over. We already found that there's a five day break that we're able to do the London series. So. Let's just make it all at once and include Williamsport in it. Do it around this time every year. Yeah, I'm all I'm all for promoting the game wherever we can. And if there's some fixed places, uh, as long as my only caveat to that would be I don't want to see the same teams at the same places all the time. That's one of my gripes about interleague play. You get the rivalries in the crosstown in Chicago and da-da-da-da-da. It provides advantages on the scorecard and all that kind of stuff, or in the standings rather. Um 
so as long as it's cycled around and you get to see different teams in different places at different times to really showcase, you know, all of the teams, it's not just about the big market teams. I know that the New York Yankees as a brand is going to bring people in wherever they happen to be. Um, but if you're going to promote the game, you got to promote the great and the small all the same, in my opinion. I agree. I absolutely agree. Now let's move on to number four, another big market team. But this big market team has some holes in their in their system and maybe even in the gloves too. Coming in at number four this week is the Alonzo error, question mark. Should Alonzo uh, gotten an error on this play for the Mets? Ahmed Rosario fields the ball, throws a decent throw. Uh, Alonzo did have to reach out to grab it, but it would have been caught had it not been for the fact that the ball went through his glove. It ripped a hole in his glove. That's how hard Ahmed threw it. I guess Ahmed's you know on fire right now at the plate, so... So the baseballs that are he's throwing to first right now, but ripped a hole through his through Alonzo's glove, and Ahmed Rosario gets charged with the error. How fair is that? I don't even know where you charge the error for that. I mean, I would say you you give it to Alonzo, um, even though it was an equipment failure. I mean, I guess you're responsible ish for your now, own that's that's, that's where I was gonna double, go. Maybe not. I, no, I was gonna go there on that. You should know that your glove is getting a little worn because I mean, let's be serious. Ahmed Rosario is not throwing the ball that hard that he's just ripping gloves. Uh, it, this there had to be some faulty glove here. Like he he needs to do better upkeep with his glove. So I would give the error to Alonzo for this for poor upkeep on his glove. So let me ask you this though: if if the ball is, you want a what? I got a makeup toy for my birthday. You got a makeup toy for your birthday. All right. Well, you know who needs a makeup kit for his glove. Peter Alonzo. Clearly Pete Alonzo. I mean, <laughs> if somebody smashed a line drive at you and the ball went through the webbing of your glove, like blew out the webbing, not just, you know, those ones where it like actually just goes straight through, but like blows out the webbing of your glove. Is it a hit? Oh, yeah. You know what? I don't. I think I've seen those called as hits because they're just hit so hard. Right. So, I mean, would you not give this a hit then? I, why is this an error? I, I. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I struggle agree. to figure out where this is actually going to fit. I mean, we need to figure out what the – I can't imagine that there's anything in the official scorekeeper's rule book or, you know, guidelines to scoring or whatever it is that the official scorekeepers use to make decisions on that. That's yeah. a pretty novel situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just uh, – maybe this is something down the line. Well, I, I like to – I think it was mentioned on the radio, a team error. Like, mm-hmm. To me, that, that's – if there ever was going to be such a thing – this would be the spot for it because how can you really fall? I was joking about the upkeep on the glove, sort of. But, I mean, how can you blame either party here? Perfect throw. Should have been a perfect catch. So maybe we need to get the uh, team error thing going on. I, you know, that that's really the only fair thing to do. Otherwise, you're bringing guys fielding stats down for something that's somewhat out of their control. I, I struggle with that because you should be responsible for your own stuff. But I wonder you know, how much upkeep on their own gloves and – other bits and pieces their equipment are guys doing at the pro level or are they leaving it to the equipment managers? Well, I bet you Peter Alonzo is taking a little closer look at his glove from now on. I certainly would be. Yeah, he doesn't want to have any like major blowouts, you know, nothing like Chernobyl. No. So, uh, we're going to actually touch on that at number three. Because I am good at three things. Those are three pretty good things. <laughs> hey, well, that last one's pretty cool. What was the third one? Now, I've already done one of those today, so what's the other one going to be, huh? Coming in at number three this week is Chernobyl Vodka 
Oh, this sounds delicious. First of all, have you watched the Chernobyl series on HBO yet? I have not. No, it's good. It's a decent... I, I, I thought I knew about Chernobyl, and I did not. Like, I thought I, I, I've, yeah, I had the base idea on it, but I didn't know all the stuff that went behind it, and that series was pretty good. Uh, now, going back to my base knowledge of it, even without watching that series, I will not drink this vodka. I'm sorry. Like I, I read in the article, it says they're, they're assuring everybody the distilling process makes it safe. It gets rid of all the, any kind of Lily is playing with toys in the background, by the way. But anyway, they say, they say this is safe for us, but I'm not testing this. This kind of falls in line with skydiving. Like everyone's like, Oh, it's, you know, it's really safe, but you know what? So is staying on the ground. I'm not going to jump out of a plane because you know what? That's safer than skydiving. I'm just not going to pour this vodka because it's safer than pouring it. I, uh, you know what? Okay. So first of all, skydiving is a ton of fun. I've done it. I had a great time. I recommend Enjoy it. No, that's okay. I'll, t- I'll just live vicariously through you. That's my brother pretty much had the same argument as you. Like, why am I, why would I throw myself out of a perfectly good plane? Um, because it's fun. That's why. Oh, now yeah. Chernobyl it, vodka, oh, sure. I, mm, maybe a little less fun. Uh, I mean, there's always the off chance that you're going to end up with Hulk like superpowers, a little radiation, a little bit of, uh, you know, hulking out. I, that could be worth it. I've had my kids, so, you know, I don't have to worry about that part of things <laughs> getting sterile from radiation sickness. Uh, you just really want to be a superhero. I mean, don't you? Yeah, I guess that would be kind of cool. But then again, who knows? Uh, I, I'm, I'm just kind of stuck on this whole thing. So I think if, if I comes down to it and I have like, I know I have like one day left to live on Earth, I am going to get into an airplane with a bottle of this vodka and I will jump out after taking a couple shots of it. <laughs> that, make that, sure you pay, make sure you pay the extra to get the film of that. Yes, yes. That will be that'll be how I spend my last day on Earth. I'm sure everything will go swimmingly well. Uh, well, here's hoping. Yeah, well, I mean, if if it goes bad, I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of people at my funeral giving me the silent treatment. Let's talk about that at number 2. Why did two orders? Colonel, I should have yelled two. Two in the box. Ready to go. We be fast and they be slow. Wow. Coming in at number two this week is Edwin Rios. He is a, or he's now a AAA, but he was on the Dodgers Major League squad. Hit a pair of home runs and got the silent treatment in after both of them. Poorly done. Uh, I don't know if you saw the video. Not not the, the greatest silent treatment because like some guys were actually still giving him high fives, but then the rest of the dugout was ignoring him. Uh, can we just come up with something new? I'm really tired of this. Silent treatment is we should be giving the silent treatment to the silent treatment and just, you know, not talk about this topic for the next 20 seconds. All right, and on to number one this week for Snub. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I, I totally agree. It, it, I did watch the clip. It was pretty broken up. If you're going to do it, do it properly. And just do it the once if you are going to do it. I agree with you that it's old and done. And just be excited for the guy. I mean, he comes in knowing what it is. It's not really funny anymore. It's just like, okay, this is what we do. So... Oh, yay, there we go. You guys aren't really, you know, ignoring me. That's great. Like, okay, you can do some high fives. Like, get out to the plate and make it, you know, I'd rather see that. Go out to the plate and jump around like it's, you know, the bottom of the ninth and you hit a walk-off grand slam. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this over and over and over again. I can admit, the very first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. 
because I'd never seen it before. And now we're just constantly doing it over and over again. It's just like, you know, are we not that creative that we can't come up with something new? Like, it just blows my mind. Uh, that's all I have for this. I don't, I'm like you. I don't want to talk about it much. I just want to complain about it. I'm all for complaining about the silent treatment. All right, let's move on to number one. Coming in at number one this week, Brian Cashman is a car thief, or at least that's what police thought for a little bit. He got pulled over. It kind of looked a little bit of a scary situation from the body cam video that we saw this past week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Officer gun drawn pointed out, put your arms in the air. Now take steps backwards. I mean, it was all it was all there. Like uh, at least you know Brian Cashman can listen because that that avoided him having to deal with any other scary things that we've seen in the past with police and people who have been pulled over but he listened and as soon as they got closer they realized that they had brian cashman in their custody and clearly he was not a car thief yeah i mean i gotta say this is probably one of the only times i can imagine that brian cashman has just complied with what's been asked of him i feel like there was no wheeling and dealing there was no do you know who i am it was just straight up i'm doing what you're telling me i'm doing what you ask i'm offering you my explanation Okay, we're good. Thank you very much. On my way, I go. Uh, there was no negotiating, no wheeling and dealing, no trading, no, just straight up. Here we go. You know, what? I'm I'm really surprised that the police let him go because hold on, I got a list of charges here that they could have got him for. Uh, I have him. He stole Glaber Torres. Uh, he stole Clint Frazier. Looks like he stole Giancarlo Stanton. That's a misdemeanor, though, because he's we'll go we'll go. He stole Voight. He stole DJ Lemayu from free agency, and then also I consider Urshela and Talkman pretty big steals right now too. Uh, that's a that's a long list. That's a lot of felony charges right there of theft. That's that's a pretty good rap sheet. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I mean, I mean, how many years would you get for all this? At market value or below. Ooh, oh, that's good. You know, we're talking AAVs and all this stuff. Um, the cops. I feel like there's. Here. I feel like there's definitely a plea bargain in there somewhere. <laughs> we are using so much legal jargon. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, it's in your name. It's in my name. I was pre-law for about like half a semester before I decided to just go criminal justice. Wait, wait that's that's your background? Criminal yeah, justice. Cr- yeah, I have a criminal justice uh, degree. And, well some, com- and somehow you ended up reporting at the Super Bowl instead? Well, that's because I also have a media communications degree. Bye, Lily. Lily's running up the stairs in case you hear that thud, thud, thud right now. It's uh, it's 9.45. It's probably her bedtime. I'm an All excellent right. father. Let's speed on out of here, just like your daughter did. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. I feel the need. The need for all right, we're going to speed on out of here like we do every week. Lily's back now. She came back downstairs for this final part of this podcast. And I, all I got to say is on this speed out is good luck to you, my friend. I am playing you this week. And in fantasy, this is a pivotal matchup for me because yep. I think I have to beat you by like 16. You pretty just much to have eat. to absolutely demolish me because you're playing the reigning champs next week. Well, and I'm playing uh, what looks to be his main competitor. So next week, I think is going to be a bit of a meeting for both of us. All right, well, let me go to our fantasy expert, Lily. Am I going to win this week? Yes. Oh, there it is. You heard it here, folks. That is biased a win. Media, biased American media. You know it. That, that is a win for the Jimmy Jam Slammers right there. Uh, now, actually, can we 
you you mentioned kind of how you have to face a juggernaut. Maybe we can take this couple seconds to just talk about, since I never get to write about our fantasy league, can we talk about how good and how lucky this guy is? This guy, his team is the Lebowski uh, Little Urban Achievers. We call him the dude. He has on his team, now Jeff McNeil's injured, but he's had him for all season as well. Um, but he has had some of the craziest luck with just guys going crazy. He's got Jordan Alvarez. He's got Rafael Devers. He somehow picked up Aquino. Aquino? Is that how you say his name? I still don't even know Aquino. how to say his name. Aquino? Yeah. I, I mean, that's just – he's got, obviously, Alex Bregman, who I traded him. Great job, Jimmy. But I got I got, um, I got, got my boy Harper back in that deal, so I'm okay with that. Hold on. I'm pulling up his fantasy team right now just to kind of go through because I feel like there's somebody I'm missing here. Oh, oh, there it is. And Cody Bellinger. I mean, like, just the guys that – who were not performing last year, who are now performing this year from what he's, it's just, yeah, it's insane. You, he's he's got the always, perfect storm. That's how you always win fantasy league though. It's always getting those guys that uh, just blow you out of the water. I mean like Gio Urshela, he yeah. was pulled off the scrap. He was playing for Toronto and was, I don't know if he was traded or released or what, or DFA'd, I, I don't even remember, but like he's a guy out of nowhere. Right, talk. Oh, well, not not really out of nowhere. I I've kind of kept an eye on Urshela for a while because one Mike Farron talked so highly of this guy back when he was with Cleveland. I'd say about three years ago, Farron like raved about Urshela. It was like a full little segment. He raved about him, and I kind of I even then start him in fantasy because I'm like, all right, well, I'll keep an eye on him. And he just never like the Indians never really kind of gave him a chance. It seemed, and. As soon as he got the Yankees, I had him for a couple days, but I just didn't really have the space, and I wasn't sure he was going to keep it going. I should have held on to him. So really what you're saying is Mike Farron is a fantasy guru, provided that you wait three to five years from whatever he has to say. That is exactly right. You have to wait three to five years, and then Mike Farron might be right. <laughs> I think he'd take the odds on that. I think all of us would on that. Well, let's let's get on out of here. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter, Jimmy's Jargon. Uh, you got Hubs PhD. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and get all the little notifications whenever we post another podcast. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks after you get back from vacation. Where are you going, my friend? Can uh, you tell us? Is that top secret, my friend? Top secret. Well, you enjoy that top secret vacation 007. All right. Take it easy, my friend. Dun, 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 dun. We're done. No, I'm just cutting that. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> no, you leave that. <laughs>